0: Good morning church, make yourselves comfortable, put your seatbelts on, because we're going for a ride today, amen. I just want to encourage you today that God's love for you never fails. It never fails, it never runs out, and it never gives up on you. And the thing is that we in our human capacity don't always know how to receive that love. It's when we receive that love that we can actually trust God for who He is. It's when you don't know the capacity of someone's love for you that you struggle to trust them. Because we only know human nature. Am I correct? Amen. Am I correct? Yes. So I'll just bring you greetings from Pastor Larry today. He is preaching in Joburg, Uh, he's doing an ordination, and I just wanted to send you his love and his regards. He asked me to do a good job, I said I would do my best. I don't teach like him, but I have something different on my heart, and I really hope that your hearts are sensitive and able to receive what it is that I want to share with you today. I feel it's deep, 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 deep. So I really hope that God is able to help me. Well, God is able. I hope that I'm able to just communicate it to you from the place where I feel it needs to come from. But I first want to encourage each and every one today that um, our men's event is coming up. And Pastor Larry wants you, he's asked me here, please encourage the guys to register. It's the last day and we still need your names on the list. They still trusting God for finances to come in to complete and do what they need to do. And so we just want to encourage you to please book for the Brotherhood event, which is on the 5th of November. It's free. It's going to be fun. And today is your last day to book. The scripture that they are functioning and standing on is Proverbs 27.7 that says, iron sharpens iron. Hebrews 4.12 says that the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing, dividing, separating asunder the soul, the body, the spirit, and the mind, even the knee and the joints. So if you know the Word of God and you love the Word of God, the Word of God says that we must love one another, we must fellowship with one another. So I encourage you to, men to get together and go and uh, partake in the event um, And then we'll get into some more of those details a little bit later. Our outreach and evangelism had an amazing outreach. Please um, get involved. If you love outreach, I want to encourage you to speak to Ben, speak to Kaz. They are our outreach reach people, and they love to go out into the mission field and minister to the gospel. They said that we must go out into all Samaria, all Judea, to preach the gospel, to lay hands on the sick so that they can be healed and recover. Amen. It is our commission. So we need to follow the mission. Amen. Are you ready for the word today? So the word in my heart today is vision retake. I know we, in a series called The Secret Place, and sometimes we find ourselves in the secret place complaining to God because we haven't seen our vision come to fruition. Can you please time me 30 minutes? Um, We haven't seen our vision come to fruition, and we wonder and we cry out to God, God, Why haven't we seen our destiny fulfilled? Why can't we actually complete the things that you've called us to do? And I want to just show you here from the scripture we spoke last week, we saw with Pastor Larry, he spoke about the tabernacle being moved, David's heart to move the tabernacle. And in doing so, even though he knew that he should move the tabernacle by the priests carrying it, he decided to put it on a cart. And when he put it on a cart, what happened? It slipped and somebody reached out, a man named Uzo reached out to steady it. And in his attempt to steady it, he died. David knew in his heart what God's instruction was but he decided to do it his way. The priests are meant to carry the tabernacle. And so here David now in his heart he realizes well actually the t- the temple needs a permanent place to live and it was always his vision and always his dream for the temple for the tabernacle to dwell in a sanctuary. So he rises up, and he, he's from as early as 1, as one Samuel 17. We see David's heart to build the tabernacle, and he starts to make preparation. He starts to save. He starts to collect material. He starts to collect gold. He gets whatever he needs. He starts to collect it over the years, and then he says to his his uh, his people, he says. Brothers and sisters, listen to me. In, in 1 Chronicles 28, eight two, he says, Listen to me, brothers and sisters and people. I want to build a temple where the ark of the Lord's covenant could be placed as a footstool for our God. I've made the preparations for building it. David has a vision and a dream. Just like all of us have a vision and a dream in our hearts. And maybe this best describes God's vision for our lives. You see, your vision is the present and future tense fulfillment of God's call on your life. True visions are God-inspired and full of his life. They come to pass through our spoken words and subsequent actions. These visions are essential to our very existence. The word in Proverbs 29, 18 says that where there is no vision, the people. So through life's experiences, I found that sharing the God-given vision is an important way to ensure your calling is fulfilled. It is his purpose and his plan for you to share that vision with others as spoken of in Habakkuk 2.2. If you are married... God wants you to share your vision with your spouse. And so it's with good intentions that we start to make out our plans and set out to do the things that we want to do. But unfortunately, because of who we are and our own will, sometimes our plans don't always work out. And our vision and our dream is delayed perhaps we get bumped backwards because we're not ready or we're in the wrong place or the wrong space in our lives to actually have that, full, that vision fulfilled. So in effect, we actually have to stand back and take a look and retake what our vision needs to look like or should look like because of the consequences of our decisions that we've made in our lives that sometimes obstruct our dreams, and our visions. I want to give you a few points. I love postulary. He's got a point A, point B, point three. I've got, I've got two points. Stick to the blueprint that God has laid out in your heart. When we, get, when we get tired and weary, we tend to want to step out and just recover and recoup and so what we do is we step away from what God's doing, and so our vision gets, goes on hold. When we get battle-weary, we tend to want to withdraw a little bit. But God clearly called David, you see that God clearly called David to be a leader and a king over Israel. To be a leader and a king over any area, you can't take a sabbatical and say, actually, I'm not in the mood to be a king this week, so we're just going to let somebody else just run the, the kingdom for a while. No, it doesn't work like that. When you're king, you're king, and you've got to rule as a king. And who are we in this life today? We are kings. And so God has given us a mission, and he has commissioned us to do his goodwill and his good work. So we see that David has a definitive role in being king over Israel, but first, he has a few battles to win. Point number two, don't fall for the tricks of the enemy. In Samuel 2, 11, 24, we see that David decides that he's not going to go out with the kings in a time when kings went out to battle, and he decides to stay home. Why? Why? Who knows? Maybe he was tired. Maybe he didn't feel like it. Maybe the, the 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 responsibility was too heavy for us. But what happens when we do that? It ultimately affects the purpose and the timeline of what God has got planned for us. The decision not to go to war was trap number one for David. He fell into lust. He was sleeping one, he couldn't sleep one night. Walking on his rooftop, he was restless and. Um, decided to look over the wall. And when he looked over the wall, what happened? He saw this beautiful woman bathing, fell into lust. And when he fell into lust, he summons her to his quarters and had sexual relationships, relations with her. And he landed up making her pregnant. And only when he found out that it was his commander, Uriah's wife, did he now feel that he needed well he had to cover up what he had done and so now this started and set a whole pattern or a whole sequence in motion that now nah was playing out when his failed attempt to covering up what he did with bathsheba was was failed she had his son well sorry david had uriah killed and as a result of uriah being killed in battle his people and his men revolted against him. Seven days after the birth of his baby, his baby dies and he's devastated. He fasts and he cries bitterly to God and he beats himself up with hyssop and sackcloth and God says, my hands are tired because of your sin. So he loses his son. When his son dies, I can imagine, can you just, just imagine that picture today in your own life, falling for somebody, starting a life with them, finding out that they're married, then they're pregnant, then now you know who the husband is, so you decide you've got to take him out of the picture, take him out of the picture, the baby gets, comes to be born, and the baby dies. Trauma, 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 trauma. This young king starting out ultimately now has to recalibrate what his vision and what his purpose and what his destiny is going to look like. David would still become a good king, but the outcome would be different. And all of that could have been prevented if he had just stuck to the course, if he had just gone out to do war as he would do normally with the rest of the kings. All could have been prevented. And so too in our lives, some of the things that we do can be prevented if we would just pursue and war in the presence of God. Come into his throne room and worship him. Come into his throne room and resist the enemy when the enemy comes against you. Come into his presence and just surrender to him. But you see, we've got a flesh, and our flesh dictates to us. And I want to encourage you and remind you that we have power and control over our minds, our wills, our bodies, and our emotions. We forget when we're feeling downhearted and downtrodden, to speak to our body and say, body, you get up now in the name of Jesus and you will walk out your healing. You will walk out your prosperity. You will stand confident that God is your protection and you will not succumb to the lies of the enemy. I dare you to do that. I dare you to draw a line in the sand and say, devil, you cannot cross this line anymore. You see, what we, don't, what we forget is that—just think about this. When you're angry with somebody and you don't want them to—you to, you need to put a stop to it. What is your normal reaction? That is enough. You will not do this, or you will not do that. You will not cross this line. You will not come near— and you speak with authority and you speak with firmness. So why don't we do that when it comes to the enemy who wants to harass us, attack us, lie to us, steal from us, when we know what the Word of God says? Hmm. The truth of the matter is that we don't stand in our authority as a believer. And so what happens is the enemy comes and he attacks the assignments of God in your life he puts a hold on the destiny that God has for you. And so sometimes when we find ourselves in sin, when we find ourselves dealing with the consequences of sin in our lives, we now have to relook at what our future looks like. We have to recalibrate the timeline because the enemy we have allowed the enemy to come in. You see when we resist like the man Uzzah, which means strength, when he put his hand out to resist, to push the the Ark of the Covenant back, he was struck down dead. Sometimes when we step out against what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives, it costs us. And we pay a price. So we need to readjust our vision and we need to remind ourselves that should we take this detour, it's going to take us down a road that we might not have the amount of might take us further than we want to go and it might make us pay more than we're willing to give so when it comes to your vision stay focused keep your heart and your mind committed to what God is doing in your life and you know sometimes our flesh gets in the way because we're obstinate in our nature we stubborn in the way that we want to do things And sometimes we're even hostile towards the people who want to help us and guide us and correct us. Because they know what we need to be doing. And we have a certain thing in our minds that we want to go and just do what we want to do. And accomplish what we want to accomplish. And then when we cry out to God because it's not working, we say, but God, why couldn't you save my baby? Because maybe... When God asked us to do something, we stepped out to do what we wanted to do because we submitted to our flesh. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God for our salvation and the Holy Spirit who has come to be our comfort, our guide, our leader, our teacher, and the one who convicts us of our sins so that we don't have to fall for the lies of the enemy. You see, David had to kill Uriah because of the lust in his heart and because he committed adultery. And he had anger in his heart because you can see that the anger led to murder. And so maybe we haven't got the courage to go and murder somebody. But the murder in our hearts or the hatred in our hearts can be the thing that stops God's will from playing out in our lives because we're not willing to deal with the condition of our hearts. We know very well that the word says, guard your heart with all vigilance because out of it flow the issues of life. You know, that's why David says in the Psalms, who can go up the mountain of the Lord? He who has a clean heart a pure heart and clean hands. Because he knows and he knew that what was in his heart, where, where it, what happened in his heart, where it led him, what the consequences of that, that was, and that it would have cost him something that was really dear to him, which was building the kingdom of God, which was building the temple of God. But thank God that Jesus fought the biggest battle that we would never have to fight, and you won it on our behalf. So we don't have to fight those battles. We now have the leadership of the Holy Spirit in our hearts, who's come to shed the love of God in our hearts and empower us to make the right decisions in our lives so that we don't have to live out the consequences that the enemy would want us to to experience. You see, God said to David, 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 you're not going to be the one to fulfill this vision and this dream. Your son will have to build the temple because you have got too much blood on your hands. And it wasn't the fact that he was a warring man and he had blood on his hands from being a, a, a military man. He, had, he was hold, held back from building the temple because of the sin that he committed in murdering Uriah. Now, he was so clever and deceitful that he put Uriah in the middle of the battle so that he could be killed by the Ammonites' arrow. So it looked like the Ammonites killed him, but actually David had plotted that. So you see, when you sin, it starts with a little small thing. It starts with an emotion. It starts with a feeling. And then when we give in to that feeling, it starts to... Gain momentum. And as it gains momentum, now it becomes something that you start to do. And when you start to do it, there are consequences. And when you start to experience those consequences, now you either have to cover up what you're doing, or you have to deny that you're doing it, or you have to actually face the reality and surrender. And so I want to say to you that there's always a price tag, but it's never too late to turn away and let God intervene in your circumstance and your situation. Amen? God is faithful. Even when we fail, his love never fails. It never gives up. It never runs out on you. So no matter how badly you think you've sinned or how badly you have sinned against God, God says that my blood and Jesus who came to the cross to die for you restored that breach. Jesus restored the breach. So he has built a bridge for us to cross over and come back to him. Remember, as a believer, God always makes a way for us to come back. And so when people have hurt you, you always have to allow a way for people to come back. Amen. So we go on to see that Solomon now is the one who is given the mission to um, build the temple God says to David, you're a man of war and you'll always be at war because of the sin that you committed against me. And not only that, you will always have to fight battles for the rest of your life. And you'll have to seek me on the battles that you fight so that you can win and have the victory with regards to those battles. So all of that to tell you that in Christ, it doesn't matter what we have done. God, through Jesus, has redeemed us from that sin. But if we are not willing to acknowledge that sin in our lives, what happens is that sin plays a role in how we live out our life, our vision, and our destiny. And to the point where if you're not even able to bring yourself to repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry for what I have done, what starts to happen is that sin finds a way to store itself in your body. We get sick. That bitterness finds a place to store itself in our bodies. And God says to, to Solomon over here, if you will obey my commands and my regulations as your father has done. So I will, ta- I will say in the sight of Israel today, that if you, if you observe all of my commandments, you will possess the land and may leave it as a permanent inheritance for your children and your children's children after you. Submitting to God because of His love and His commands empowers us to have a peaceful life. But unfortunately, we in our sin don't always allow God to do what He has planned to do for us. And so what happens is, and the heart of my message is that the, the sin in our life causes trauma. And even though we might have come to a place where we have repented to God and asked God for forgiveness and, 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 and are trying our best to live the life that God has called us to, what sometimes happens is we struggle to gain the victory. How many of us are trusting God for res- restoration in our finances? How many of us are trusting God for restoration in our bodies for healing? for restoration in our families and our children and our children's children and their relationships with whoever they're in relationship with. And we're walking a road where we love God and we're serving God, but we're not seeing the result of God's providence in our lives. When we give in to anything other than God's plan, it causes the consequences of our lives to affect our destinies. And it results in broken promises, which result in hurt and damage, which brings pain. Undealt with pain is wounds that don't heal, and unforgiveness that leaves doors open for the enemy to traffic through our lives. Open doors prevent wounds from healing and dreams that are not fulfilled. Repeated cycles can go on from generations and generations in the form of sickness, mental illness, broken families, anger, aggression, violence, lack, broken dreams, divorce, addictions, sexual perversion, and the list goes on. But God says, today, you need to draw a line. Draw a line that you will not allow the enemy to cross over. Because when you draw that line, when you stand in the authority of, your, of the word of God, God will change the trajectory of your life. We saw it in our family's life with my mom. When she grew up in a family that was broken, her parents were alcoholics and gamblers. They drank their money away, they gambled their money away, and she was the one who had to raise up her siblings. She was the one who had to be the mom. So she, her childhood was lost. Her dreams were stolen. And her destiny had a different view to what she had hoped it would be. And it wasn't even her fault, some of it. And then when God called her out and he said, I'm calling you. I'm calling you. I'm calling you home come home to me. I've got a better promise for you and I've got a better life for you and I'm calling you into the ministry. When they recognized the call of God on their lives and they started to get a God-given vision for their lives and they started to line up their lives with the call of God on their lives, that line that they drew, the enemy, nothing the enemy could do would allow them to let the enemy cross over. And so sometimes we have to take charge and authority over what we are allowing the enemy to, to do and where he is allowed to come into our lives. So once they had crossed that line, the, the repeated cycles of alcoholism, of addiction, of poverty were now broken because she said, my children will not live this life and so i'm speaking to parents today take the authority of god's word with the blood of jesus and draw a line and say this bloodline will not be crossed and the iniquities of my, of the family and the forefathers now have to stop and so and 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 whether that is a, is resulting in your body being sick and you're not recovering or whether it's resulting in you not being able to fulfill your destinies because I believe that the enemy has got an assignment on the body of Christ and he wants to kill the body of Christ's destiny and their assignment, that their God-given assignment and vision if you just look over the past months, how many believers have died, you can see the enemy's assignment on the kingdom of God thank you And I believe that today, in a prayer of repentance, we can actually ask God to forgive us. And as we repent and ask God to forgive us, to release the pain and the hurt of those who have hurt us and caused us to harbor bitterness, resentment, hatred in our hearts so that our dreams can now start to be fulfilled. Jesus is the rock of our foundation. And so when we build our lives on the rock, the rock will not be shaken. Our lives will not be shaken. The storms will come and go, yes. The floods will come. But God's word will stand. And God will see to it that His word is fulfilled in your life. So I want to—I just want to ask you today: Who is in the house today? Where they trusting God for healing? They trust in God for financial breakthrough. They trust in God for their children to be restored, their families to be restored, their work, their their relationships. Listen, yeah. If I could put both feet up, I'd put my both feet up. None of us are actually. Um, exempt from what God can do for us in our lives. But it takes this one moment and this one prayer of repentance to now see that God can do what he said he would do. Because even though we may have already released forgiveness towards people, we might not see the cycle change. And what happens is in our lives, sometimes our trauma is stored in the cellular memory of our bodies, our minds, our will, and our emotions. And when that trauma finds a place to store itself, we struggle with sickness and and illness. We struggle with lack, and the cycle repeats itself. And today we want to say, we're drawing the line. We're drawing the line and we're declaring today that in the name of Jesus, any trauma that has found a place to store itself in our lives, in our bodies, in our cellular memory, we, Father God, we repent for holding on to it. We repent for holding on to it, and we ask you to release it from our lives and that we let go of it in Jesus' name. And as we let go of it, Father God, wipe it clean, And fill us with your peace. Some people are struggling with shoulder pain. Some people are struggling with knee pain, with back pain, with neck pain, with ovary and and hormonal issues. Men and women, you've prayed, you've asked God for healing, you've repented, you've done everything that you need to do now, today. Say with me, Father, in the name of Jesus. I ask you to forgive me for holding on to any hurt, for committing any hurt against anyone else. I repent. Thank you for your forgiveness. And I ask you today to release me and help me to let go of any trauma that has been stored in my body. Put your hand on that area where you think there's trauma, where there's been trauma in your body. And say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I let go. I dispel any trauma that's in my heart. I ask you to heal my heart. And I thank you for your forgiveness. And I thank you for your healing today. I thank you that I'm healed and made whole. I thank you that you are the restorer. And as I worship you today, I give you praise. I give you all the praise in Jesus' name.